Well, Darlene, welcome to our podcast. Thank I'm you. so excited to be <laughs> chatting with you today. So first of all, how are you and where are you right now? Well, we are in the Central Coast. It's about an hour north of Sydney. And it's where our church is, where we live. But um, we're all in lockdown again. That second kind of wave of COVID has hit our nation. Yeah, it's a strange season. We're in week 10. It's pretty tight. Um, You can't kind of go anywhere. All the businesses are shut down. Um, Lots of people hurting. From a church perspective, it's, um, yeah, really high-intensity pastoral care. But, you know, that's the privilege of pastoring. So, you know, lots of good things happening in the midst of a little bit of chaos in our nation. Yeah, the world is uh, different (laughs) right now, to say the least. Yeah, it sure is. Man, but, you know, first I want to thank you for lending us a little bit of your time today. We know you're a busy woman, but we really honestly appreciate having the voice and wisdom of a pioneer, a leader, a pastor, a wife, a Mm. mother. I could go on and on and on and on, you know, about you. (laughs) No, I'm... I'm just honored to be here, Christine. Seriously, it's it's a treat. I'm so excited. And I'm especially excited. Well, one, obviously, I get to talk to you. Um, <laughs> and, and two, I we get to talk about a very important and, in my opinion, a very needed yeah. conversation and topic, and that's championing female leaders in the church. We were talking oh, a few yeah. minutes ago, and we were both saying, you know, we could go on and on and on about this subject because yeah. we're both very passionate about it. Um, yeah. And I, I love this line that you share um, that says, first and foremost, I'm a woman who simply and wholeheartedly loves Christ yeah. and serves him through loving my family, serving the church and speaking up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And I, that's just, man, if that doesn't describe who you are, I don't know what does, you know, but you've been a pioneer um, as a leader, as a woman in leadership. You know, you have planted churches in different countries. And I remember even watching you lead with the team at Hillsong Church years ago. And I remember thinking, this woman is anointed, you know, and mm-hmm. anointing doesn't just come. <laughs> it's, it's it's given. And there's a process to that, which we'll get into yeah. here in a bit. But first, I want to start off by talking about your beginning, you know, and, and the journey of leadership in your life. So can you take us back to the beginning stages and share a bit about how you got started serving at church and eventually leading? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because when I first started at church, you know, I got radically saved at 15. My grandparents were very involved in the church when I was a lot younger. And there was something in me from a very young age that really hungered after nearness to God. It's probably the best way I can describe it. So when I became a Christian, it's like so much change. I was already living out of home and that's another story at 15. And God really, it it was His unconditional love for me that kind of wrecked me in all the right ways, you know. So my leadership journey you know, meeting Mark, we used to travel in bands, do high school ministry. That was fantastic. But when I was singing, I was fine. But as far as leading teams and leading people, I really struggled there. And in Australia, Mark and I have talked a lot about this, my husband, Mark. Mm -hmm. In Australia, my wrestle wasn't with being a woman. And I say that because Actually, the female side of who we are in Christ in the church, in many sectors, not all, there are a whole lot of churches still in Australia who don't allow women to 
preach and don't allow women to do a whole lot of things. But actually, a lot of the church is not like that. So I only really had people encouraging me, come on, you can do this. Come on, you can lead worship. Come on, you can speak. So the issue wasn't female or male. The issue for me was identity, Hmm. lack of confidence. What have I got to say anyway? Do they even know who I am on the inside, you know, what I've done? So that was the battle for me. It wasn't until we started traveling into different areas internationally that I finally understood that actually there's limitations Hmm. here been put on women and it really surprised me. So when you talk about limitations and this reality for women, right? I know many women that are probably listening to this conversation right now can relate 100%. How did you respond to this reality? Yeah, well, look, first and foremost, I will say I grew up with a mother who always worked Mm -hmm. and I've just been a working mom, you know, and my mother and my father always instilled in us that, you know, you can do anything. So I just believe that and that's the way I was raised. Mm -hmm. was when we first travelled and we went to the UK and I think we'd been married a year. We were singing and ministering with our pastor and I went into a church and you know, the men had to sit on the platform. I couldn't, and I was happy about that. I didn't like sitting on the platform <laughs> anyway. But then they said, well, you can't sing without a hat. And I'm like, well, in Australia, that just means, oh, what, are we going to the beach, right? It's the only <laughs> time you'd wear a hat in Australia. So I thought it was a joke. Mm-hmm. And then I no, no, women cannot be on that platform without a hat. And it, like, if you understand the Australian psyche, we're a bit of a just very straight up. Mm-hmm. And so my question was, well, why? And the, yeah. I, I could feel the air come out of the room, like, <gasps> you know, you ask the pastor why, but it was like, but I don't understand. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, women have to have their head covered. I'm like, in the end, I went, oh, well, whatever. So someone <laughs> led me a crazy hat and I led a song of worship in a hat because I'm a woman that had to have my head covered. So like I want to fight for the right things. So hat or no hat was like, seriously, in the end, I don't care. Let's just worship mm. Jesus, right? Because yeah. not about my hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I always thought these things were really strange. The first time I went to lead worship in America, I was on a platform in a very well-known ministry and I walked in and I'm young and they looked me up and down and they said, is that what you're wearing? And they said, do you have a dress? And the rebel in me lied and said, (laughs) I don't own a dress, even though I did, (laughs) but I didn't have one with me in America. And they're like, well, you can't sing with pants. Mm -hmm. You've got to have a dress. And I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What what is going on here? And for me, it was cultural and I was young and I didn't Mm. understand I probably didn't have the identity stillness to not be rocked um, like I was about that because that one became really heavy. Mm. Like all of a sudden, it was like there was bounces around me making sure I had a dress on, you know, it became very heavy and and very law. 
so, you know, I had to really work through that stuff. Every time we went to America in those first few years, I just remembered to pack a dress. <laughs> but that was never a problem in Australia. You know, you have your good jeans and you have your everyday jeans. I mean, that's yeah. that's your pants sorted, right? <laughs> and it was just very, very different. So hmm. for me as a woman, it was more about identity just to learn to fight for the right things. And I've had Mm. to learn over the years, okay, this, I'm not going to lose my peace over this. Yeah. I'm not going to lose my peace. I don't want to be an angry woman fighting for something that doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've had to work out over the years in the season what is the right fight And what are the things that I just had to let go, you know? And after a little bit of time in the United States, started to be a little bit more comfortable with who I am and just went, you know, in one place when they asked me to wear a dress, I said, well, actually, this is all I've got, so take it or leave it. And in the end, they let me sing wearing pants, whatever you call them, and apparently it was radical, like it was the first time a woman had sung on their platform and on their television show not wearing a dress. And I was like, wow, okay, well, if that was inching forward, then hallelujah. (laughs) And, And, you know, I'm so encouraged by your words because also as a Mexican woman that I am, culturally, yeah. women in leadership is not the most popular thing, right? And, I, and I've had to pick my battles from ministry yeah. to my yeah. professional life, you know, as brand manager, even for, for Sequences.com, yeah. our Latin American brand. And I yeah. love that you just reminded us, yeah. reminded me, you know, as a woman to focus on the bigger yeah. picture and, and come back to our identity in Christ and also honoring, you know, honoring is such a big part of the gospel. And whether you're honoring that culture, honoring that church, that leadership, that just goes such a long way. And I think even this conversation is allowing us to to have a little sneak peek into the reason why you are anointed. You know, that anointing that you have is special. and, And there are so many layers that have gotten you there. And I'm just so, so thankful you know, to, to see that, to have that conversation with you and have that little sneak peek that I know that, you know, people that are listening right now are also seeing, but you know, the honoring that you speak of the, the reminding ourselves about our identity as women is so, so huge. And there are like, respectfully, there have been circumstances that I felt there was like a lording over me. It wasn't about a beautiful cultural thing. For example, when I'm in Cambodia or India and they present you with a sari Mm -hmm. and present you with shoes for your feet that represent Mm honour, well, you will wear a sari till the cows come home and, (laughs) you know, because that it represents honouring who you are in their land. Yeah. And with that, comes this burst of firstly humility, but you are there to serve in the end. So it just comes from a different place. But when someone's trying to keep you small Mm. and there's law attached, Mm -hmm. that's when you have to go, okay, is this battle worth fighting right here or do I do that when I've cooled down a little, get my thoughts together and put something together that is wise and not reactionary, you know, but comes from a place of health rather than hurt, Hmm. just trying to prove myself. So I'm just giving you that little bit of difference there. 
Absolutely. That's so, so, so powerful. So in that journey, can you recall a particular moment or a prayer or clarity, moment of clarity that served you as a, you know, help you step into this calling of leadership? Yeah, it's probably my answer would be both. Mm-hmm. I pulled out this morning Psalm 139 because literally from when I first got saved right through to when I was just starting kind of training to be a pastor, like 15 years of just wrestling with my flesh and is this really where you want me to go, Father, as a worship pastor, like a shepherd, which yeah. is really where I felt I, I love to lead people, but it's like leading as a shepherd Mm-hmm. rather than as a singer, you know. Mm. So on that journey, Psalm 139, where it completely continues to reaffirm identity mm-hmm. and it's like knowing who I am in Christ, where it says, you know, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed. In the Amplified, it says, as if embroidered with beautiful wow. colours in the depths of the earth and your eyes saw me and in your book all the days of my life were written how precious and weighty are your thoughts toward me. And I describe Psalm 139 as like my parent in that season, like whenever I was faltering in understanding who I am and what God has called me into, that Psalm was like my parent. That's how I describe it. It's like raised me, yeah, affirming who I am in Christ. And, you know, I think before you work out what, you're going to do or what God has called you to do, you actually have to understand who you are Mm. because that will inform not just your decision but it will inform the journey and it will inform the correct approach to every battle Mm. and how you battle. Yeah. I've had layers of that. You know, I often talk about when I was diagnosed with breast cancer how God asked me a question and he said, do you know that I love you? Hmm. Up until that moment, I would have said a resounding yes. Hmm. I know that I know that I know. But at that moment, it was like, this does not feel like love. Hmm. Again, I had to go into a deeper place with him on identity in him. I mean, that's our journey in Christ, right? The word says we're being saved like salvation is our lifetime, you know. So, yeah, yeah thank God for God. <laughs> wow. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> as a woman whom you have actually served as inspiration, you know, to lead boldly, and I thank you for that. I know that doesn't come without a price, you know, and even right now we're talking about it. I love this line that Christine Kane once said at a conference that I went to, and it said, when you see someone on a platform full of anointing, and, you know, support from the Lord, ask yourself, what did they have to go through to get there, to get that anointing? You know, like when they speak, you just know it's God, you know, it's not them. So I want to, I want to present this question to you as a woman in leadership, what has been your experience and, and challenges that you faced in your journey? Yeah. I've had to learn to back myself, mm-hmm. you know, to think through why am I making this decision and then back it? Mm. I have had to learn how to work well with men, you know, and I think that's something that doesn't get talked about. You know, a lot of women get quite reactionary. Mm -hmm. Actually, there is a way to work as a peer with a man that is healthy. Um, But again, you've got to know 
who you are. You know, if you're a dramatic, too many words, teary, argumentative, feisty chick, it's not going to set you up for working well over a long period of time with strong men. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it and say it and say it, but that strength in you has got to come first from within you, not from what you do. And, and as you walk that out humbly yeah. and with the heart of a servant, I just, I go back to just the Gospels, watching Jesus, how he was feisty over the right things. Yeah. And he served and served and served. He went looking for the ones who weren't obvious. He went looking in the shadows for the people that everyone else didn't see. For myself personally, that is my goal. And if I can walk that out, then that is strength in leadership. Strength is given for service. Yeah. We were talking about, Mark and I were talking about our daughters last night. And, you know, our daughters are strong. I mean, they're strong girls. They're amazing girls. They're all very different. They don't agree with everything that we think and vice versa. They're on their own journey. But something that we really instilled in them was resilience. Mm-hmm. Because I think not just as a woman, I think as a human being in this world, you need to learn resilience. You need to learn how to not get offended. Yeah. If you do get offended, how to deal with it. Well, you, we need to build resilience. You know, everyone can't get a participation award just because you turned up and you're breathing. It's like, no, no, because if so, every woman is going to, the first battle or storm that comes, they're going to fall over. It's like, no, we need some resilience, that character, mm-hmm. that strength knowing who you are, knowing why you're here and knowing you're here to serve the greater kingdom purpose, that is a woman to be reckoned with. If you read the Proverbs 31 woman, she's a businesswoman. I mean, I don't like her very much. You know, (laughs) when we get to heaven, I might have a good chat to her. But she she sets the bar high, but she's no pushover. Mm -hmm. Her family love her, but business people know she's there. Yeah. And, you know, she's a hard worker. And I'm like, ooh, I, I love this. And it looks to me like resilience. Mm-hmm. And I think they're the things that, you know, we need to learn, at, not just as women, but as men and women yeah. working side by side. Yeah. Probably as I've gotten older and actually post-cancer, I speak my mind probably more, much more than I ever used to. My daughters have said to me many times, who are you, mum? Like you would (laughs) never have said that. But I kind of wish I had this bit of spunk (laughs) pre-cancer because I would have spoken up a lot earlier and it's taken me, you know, a lot of life lessons to find my voice. And I just pray that women Mm. find their voice earlier but find it, you know, with respect, with humility. Just don't let yourself get knocked around. Yeah. Because that's not right for a man or a woman. Yeah. I love how you mentioned just like the, almost the art, you know, of knowing how to work together, male and female. Yeah. Because we're, we're a team, right? We need men, we need men, God knows it. And men need women, you know, like we both bring something so unique to the table. And I think that even just hearing you talk so much about identity, you know, as women, I think because there are limitations, you know, and there are some things that we encounter to get reactive. Emotional. And emotional, yeah. And that's not always the way that we're going to resolve something, you know, or make a point or even grow at our leadership and our character. Yeah. But I think it's it's so special that that you mentioned that because 
even in that, it pours into our leadership. It pours into the way that we love people. It pours into the way we build teams, you know, and we get to see those characteristics in our teammates, in our worship teams and people that, that we lead. Do you think that the perspective of a female in leadership has changed within the church? In many parts of the church, I've actually seen it revolutionized and in different countries. I mean, Rwanda would be the standout country. They have about 53%, even in government, is women leadership, church leadership. It's just, it flows right through from government right through. The women are formidable, you know, and they're, they're keeping home and they're doing this stuff, but they're formidable women. They know who they are Mm -hmm. and they know resilience. You know, they've walked through a genocide, stood out the other side, and they've had to work out their stuff. And the Rwandan women are formidable. So, you know, I see parts of the church incredible. But then there are still sectors of the church and in Australia as well, where Mm -hmm a woman is there to be kind of seen and not heard. And I mean, if you just read your Bible, you're not going to see that, you know, right from the beginning in Genesis, it says that man and woman created equal. I'm like, hello, can we just fly this flag here? (laughs) If we look through who Jesus pulled close to him and the women who were there also providing finance for the gospel to be spread across the land, the women who he'd pulled into his very closest circle. We find them doing everything that the guys are doing. You know, the scripture, you know, the head covering and the women will be silent in the church have been taken so out of context. And at our own church, because we have a kind of a breakout church in in where we live that preaches all that anti-women And so we've had night upon night upon night of having great theology teachers teaching and unpacking what these scriptures actually mean to empower women to just stand up. Don't get all funky, but just get up and get about what God has called you to do. Mm. And I tell you, a healthy man and woman together working side by side, I mean, that is a team to be reckoned with. Yeah. I am so passionate about it. So I know that things have changed. I still think we do, unfortunately, have a long way to go, mm-hmm. but we're on the move. Mm-hmm. You know, I think things like the Me Too movement, I can see how in some regards that has been amazing, right, for people who have felt and who've been treated totally from a point of injustice and it needs to be addressed. I think taking it to the extreme then and can then become really unhealthy. Yeah. So, you know, we've all, always got to bring it back to our biblical worldview and understanding. God has always been equal opportunity. <laughs> yeah. He was way before the trends, you know. He, <laughs> there's nothing about an inequality mm-hmm. that pleases the heart of God. There will be parts of mission on the earth that will not be fulfilled Hmm. until the women in that part of the earth are released into who God has called them to be. And I think that's why I get a bit riled about it because I want to see our young people, our young men and women 
I want to see them knowing who they are in Christ so they can go mm. get about what God's called them to do without all the shackles, Yeah, some of the things that we've had to fight on their behalf. We don't want them to have to fight the same battle. Amen. The church is changing, mm-hmm. but not all of the church is changing and she needs to. Yeah. What advice would you give churches in 2021 about this subject? Yeah, it's a good question. I, and I wrote a couple of things down, you know, because we came out of worship leading and started great television ministries and all those things to now being church planners and church builders. And we've had to learn this as we go. But some of the things that we would say, it's really important to have a team, mm. that it's not just you. It's really important because we all need strong coaching We all need good relationship and we all need the accountability. And like no one individual has the answers to face all the problems of church planning and to maximise all the opportunities that come. You know, so with our leadership team, we have a very strong male-female leadership team at our church and has been from the beginning. Part of the gift of that is growing up in Australia where it's very male-female. But I think that's one of the key things. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're planning a church and you're all excited and you want to go for it, if you're on your own, before you plan, ask the Lord to send you Hmm. some buddies to do it together because we need each other. And even more so, as the earth gets darker, we need each other. Amen. Yeah. How do you empower you know, your your daughters to be strong in what they believe. I know that you touched a little bit on that. Yeah. You also talked about, you know, how, how strong of a mother you had and how that shaped you. And I know I can yeah. definitely relate to that, you know, and my mom has played a huge part in my life. But how do you, in addition to what you shared, how do you empower your daughters to face, you know, the world? Yeah, I think it's a bad example. I really do. I think when I look back, there's things in my parenting that Mm -hmm. I go, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I'd found my voice to say no to ministry, external ministry, Mm -hmm. more to be present with my children more, Mm. right? But in saying that, my daughters grew up in a home where mum and dad have been committed to the house of God and the kingdom of God. Mm. And there's always been a thing, well, let's have a go. Mm -hmm. When we travelled to Rwanda and they were having the anniversary of the genocide and Mark got really moved in his heart and he felt like the Lord said, what are you going to do about it? And he's like, I don't know. But he came home and we started a ministry in Rwanda, Hope Rwanda, and now it's Hope Global and our, our daughter's have walked through all of that with us. They're like, okay, so there's not really a a no out there. There's just like, well, let's have a go. Yeah. I think that has really helped our children now because, you know, they're very industrious. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, my eldest two can make $1 stretch. I don't know how far, but they're both amazing at it. And they're both very, they've got lots of little businesses and projects and they have a dream and like, oh, well, let's have a go. I mean, I didn't even know the other day, Chloe says to me, oh yeah, I have a, I have a new um, brand of skincare <laughs> That's awesome. that I've just started. And I'm like, really? 
when were you going to tell me about that? She says, I don't know, because she got two little kids. It just slipped my mind. And it's just like, I love it. They're just wow. industrious. They have a go, people. And, and I think that's modelled. You know, I think the fear factor right now on this earth, keep everything small and close because of the fear with COVID, the fear with terrorism, the fear, all sorts of fear. Yeah. The challenge for us as parents is to be able to raise our children to still be resilient and pioneering and to start new things, not knowing about the outcome, but being okay with the journey. Yeah. The journey is kind of the goal. You know, the, the outcome is the bonus, but the journey is actually where the gold is. Wow. So, you know, I, I just think example, example, example. Hmm. Some of my example I could have done better for sure. But, you know, in the time we did our best and we're really proud and the grace of God, right? Amen. <laughs> the grace of God over our kids. But, yeah, they're, they're strong. And I think, you know, Mark and I are both eldest children. We're both hard workers. We've both moved out of home very early. Anything is possible, you know, and we've tried to instill that into our children. I love that you said a no doesn't exist out there. It's like if they tell you no, that, that, that just means not this way. Not this way, but let's try another way. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You know, in ministry as leaders and uh, worship leaders, which is mainly the, the audience that is listening to us right now, how can we champion, you know, female leaders in the church going forward? There's nothing like encouragement. Mm. You know, I think that in the West, this comparison nightmare that has crept into the church, the performance mentality, the stage is for the young. I'm like, hang on, people. (laughs) Let's talk. Let's talk about God building his church and the gates of hell not prevailing. Let's talk about men and women side by side leading with authority and not being worried about having the right outfit and the right tracks and the right, you've got to peel all that away. Yeah. And you've got to get to the very foundation and encourage. It's there for everyone. The the difference with worship is that it's every man, woman, and child, every Mm. nation, tribe, and tongue. And it's not exclusive, whereas Mm. music can be exclusive. But worship is the antithesis of that, and it embraces humanity. So when our platforms become wholly focused on the, the goal of youth, and I am the biggest champion of young people, I want them to lead us because so they should, but there is always a place for every person. Mm. And as I get older, it, it actually really surprises me. Now, thank God I have a sense of identity, but if I did not, mm-hmm. I can see that as a female, as someone who is getting older, if you did not have a sense of who you are, you would find yourself really lost in Western worship. You know, so I believe we all have a part to play in encouraging women and men every age and stage to get in their lane and while they have breath, do what God has called you to do. Mm. I really do. There's seasons for everything. You know, I say to my girls, the second that I shouldn't be leading worship, I know you're going to tell me, right? They're like, 
hundred percent. They're not scared of speaking their mind. But, you know, we've got to have a culture of encouragement, not a culture of a comparison. Hmm. And I think that's one of the big things, Christy. I really do. Um, when you go to the developing world, it's like a totally different value system. The younger are honouring the older. The older are championing the younger. Mm-hmm. And there's a gratefulness, a measure of thanks that is like this circle of culture embedded within that framework of the church, the framework of worship, and it's, it's so exhilarating. You know, so in the West we've got to fight, again, pick your battles, fight for the right thing. Yeah. But I also will say to the women, don't use your femininity to give you an out or mm. don't use it and man- try to manipulate situations because you're a female. You know, you, you've got to be careful to not get into those edges of the lane. Get into the centre, get into the Word of God, let Him shape you, be in a strong Bible-believing church that loves the Word and loves the presence of God and find your place. Find your place and go for it. You know, I just let's encourage each other and not yeah. be threatened by each other. Wow, Darlene, just... I'm just so thankful, really. What an honor to receive that encouraging myself, you know, that, that encouragement yeah. to just come back to our identity. You know, that is so, yeah. so, so important. Yeah. And I, I really do hope that we get an opportunity to, to talk again in another podcast because you mentioned something. You, you said if we're not rooted in our, in our identity, we can get lost in we- Western worship. And I was like, Darlene, you're onto something there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a whole different topic, you know. It's a whole different topic. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and another topic, I was looking here at what Mark said, because he said he thinks, and this is interesting, he said maybe the biggest challenge going forward will not be gender but age. Mm. Will we let the young come through? Wow. And I'm like, wow. let me write that down <laughs> <laughs> because it's a great thought. Yeah. It's a great thought. And, you know, I, I just think championing females, championing males, my job as I get older is to just remove all the barriers. That's right. Well, Darlene, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome, Christy. It's seriously been a pleasure.